eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. I am Jason Lockenfora, and I have the pleasure and honor and privilege of coming to you guys with my friend Brian Baldinger to talk football. It has been a minute since we've joined you guys. It's been a wild, wacky, crazy offseason. It seems like they always are. This one with the quarterbacks, maybe even more than usual. I have had some time to go to the beach and 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 chill out and, and enjoy life a little bit. Baldy, I know you've had a chance to walk the... Yeah. The earth like Kung Fu, bringing, bringing peace and love and joy with you in all your travels. It's good to hear your voice, brother. And, and how are you doing? I'm good, Jason. I, I just got back from Mexico. I was swimming with these whale sharks like off the coast of the Yucatan. And it was all about peace, love, and joy. They were like just the, the biggest, most peaceful creatures out there. But um, today's July 13th. We're taping this here this morning. And so not that everybody wants to hear this, but July 13th, 1982, Jason. I took a Pan Am jet from JFK to LAX and uh, joined the Dallas Cowboys um, as a free agent. And I've been in this business every day since. So I feel like this is like a a big moment for me. I want to share it with the people. Um, And I think that's, uh, you know, like we all have an entry point to this industry. You know, whether you're a fan, whether you're a writer, a reporter, analyst, I mean, a player, like we all have an entry point. And we all know that if you make your living in this industry, it's a great living. And uh, I just want to share that with the people that we love what we do. And we're, we feel fortunate that we're still around doing it, you know. And so anyways, wanted to kind of give the shout out to um, the, the beginnings, humble beginnings for me. Grateful to the Cowboys for giving me the opportunity and, and everybody else that has offered me an opportunity since. No, that's awesome, and you, your football journey has certainly been unique and robust, and I've been uh, thrilled to be a small part of it um, and the opportunity to learn from you every week during the season. Um, 
is something that I revel in. So uh, happy July 13th to you, yep. brother. I'm, yep. I'm glad you made it to the NFL. I'm glad you stayed in the NFL. And I'm very glad you've continued to cover uh, and analyze the NFL since your playing days ended. Uh, Baldy, it's that time of year. We're getting close to camp, as you well know. Um, I think we should probably take the listeners through a spin around the, the NFL division by division these next couple of weeks to get everybody loaded for bear when we um, actually kick off football here at the end of July. I figured we'd start with the AFC East. Um, new bully on the block, right? It's it's the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. They're a top five team in terms of payroll and spending. They've got ownership that's committed to try to get this thing over the top. They got their new stadium deal done, so you better keep spending the money because we're spending money to build you a new home. And every other team in this division is at some stage of a sort of rebuild or recalibration. Are you with me that it's the Buffalo Bills in one category in this division and the field in, yeah. in the other? I'm completely on board. Uh, you know, the last time we saw the Buffalo Bills, the lasting impression was Josh Allen sitting on the bench at uh, Arrowhead Stadium, yeah. uh, just kind of bewildered that he didn't get a chance to go out there and match Patrick Mahomes' you know, magic in overtime in that devastating loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. But when you look at how the Bills are being built, and this this has been six years with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and and the Pagula family, and it is, it is what really every team should aspire to do. Um, they have... They found their franchise quarterback, and he is phenomenal in Josh Allen. They have never stopped building around it. And and this year you add Von Miller, who's been a Super Bowl MVP and coming off a Super Bowl victory with the Rams and could have stayed in Los Angeles, could have gone back to Denver, could have done a lot of things, and here he is in Buffalo. And so I think the Bills Mafia, and they are are worldwide. You can't go very far without meeting somebody from that uh, exclusive club. They are determined – to get over the top, win the division, get into the postseason. And it could, it would really help them, I think, if they could find a way to become the number one seed yes. in the AFC, which I think they have a chance to do in an increasingly tough division, the AFC East, and we'll go through the others. But uh, I, I always think, like, back when the Eagles won in 2017, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, you got to be the number one seed. And they were. And everything went through Philadelphia. Uh, in order to get to a Super Bowl that year. And I think, you know, Buffalo has lost twice in Kansas City in the playoffs. It's been their, you know, their swan song. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, if I was Buffalo and I'm getting ready to deliver the message to my team in a couple of weeks from Sean McDermott, that's kind of what my position is. We, we've got to get home field advantage in front of these fans at, you know, at New Era Stadium, whatever it's called right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and get this thing in front of our fans where we can really take advantage of that. Do you think the defense will have enough bite to like it's we're we're really talking about a play, right? Like one one mm-hmm. stop in a fourth quarter or overtime that allows that offense to um, not just hold serve but but win the game. Do we expect jumps from Basham and Rousseau and some of the guys they drafted? a year ago, and I, I'm guessing you, you would take that swap, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison out, Von Miller in. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you just look at 
the combined totals of what Patrick Mahomes has done against the Bills in the postseason, the last two years, he's got nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He's thrown for over 700 yards. I mean, they have not, they have not affected Patrick Mahomes in these playoff games. And so that's what you're talking about. Can Rousseau take the step? I think he can. He didn't play a lot in college. He's a one-year player at Miami, mm-hmm. but he showed up last year. Like he is what you want in that position. Like he is long, rangy. He's got a good motor. You put Von Miller in the room with Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa, and he's going to help those guys. He's going to help those guys because that's who Von is. Yeah. He's going to help those guys, whether whatever their potential is. And I think they've got a big upside. I was a Boogie Basham fan, five-year you know, player come out of Wake yep. Forest last year. I used, he flashed. Um, if you look at the guys behind him, the off-the-ball inside linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and Mike, Matt Milano, I mean, they're one of the top five Best tandems one. in the league. And then you get Tredavious. Whenever Tredavious comes back, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be healthy week one, but they got their safeties back. We know what kind of tandem they are. We know what they did in the draft, going out and getting, you know, Kair Elam, you know, to continue to reinforce. Um, I, I think – I think they will be better defensively. They have to be great when, you know, when they're in the postseason and they face Mahomes or they, you know, Justin Herbert or whoever they yeah. might go up against. I mean, they've got to do a better job of making the quarterback pay. Our producer here, Dylan Burns, says Vegas over under win total 11 and a half. They won 11 a year ago. That feels a little low to me, Baldy. I think if I had to throw a dollar out there. I I'd take the over there. What about you? Uh, you know, I think I've got a couple pesos left from my trip to Mexico. Gotcha. I'd, uh, I'd flip them, um, to see Buffalo win a minimum of 12. I, in a, in a division that's, you know, going to challenge them, which they, they need to be challenged. You know, they need better competition than what they've seen from the jets, you know, in recent years. And, and they've owned the Miami dolphins, just owned them. Um, our producer Dylan Burns doesn't like to hear that, but yeah, you know, uh, Josh Allen has won seven straight games against Miami and hasn't been close. So, uh, you know, they that they should get better challenge, more challenged this year, and even from New England. So, I, I, I still think twelve would be the minimum mm-hmm. that I think Buffalo comes away with. Uh, one other thing before we move off of the Bills, any concerns anywhere on offense? I know we tend to gloss over it be- because of the you know the epic game they played at the end and because Josh Allen has started to look like a superhuman football quarterbacking cyborg. Do, do you care about run uh, pass balance at all? Do you care about yeah. the run game at all? Or no, because uh, you know their 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 offense. Now we they've got to replace you know Brian Dable who has been engineering this yeah. offense, and you know you never know different play call or different way of doing things from the offensive standpoint what that's going to look like. But they've been a spread offense, and they have not. You know, Josh Allen has been their second leading rusher for most of the last few years, and I don't think that's going to change even with the addition of uh, you know James Cook. Uh, but you know, I think that you know the the threat of a run from Josh Allen is mm. as we saw in you know playoff wins and playoff games like fourth downs, third downs, and short. Like he's going to put the ball in his hands. He's going to tuck it, and he's going to jump over people, truck people, whatever it takes. Um, he's a big part of the run game. But I think the offensive line, I think getting Roger Saffold in there is a real upgrade mm-hmm. of what they have. I mean, he's a he's he's everywhere he's been, he's been an elite player. Uh Tennessee, the Rams, yep. wherever he's been, he's been a very good player. And I think he's got good football left in him. 
they found Ryan Bates as a free agent, you know, out of Penn State. He started the last four games last year. He was great um, at left guard. That was an upgrade to me. So I, I like the offensive line. I like Dawson Knox and what he did last year with the nine touchdown catches. But they've got a real presence at tight end right now. And, you know, the receivers, Jameson Crowder, you know, is going to replace yes. their slot receiver. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think they, they've got everything covered right now. They just have to go do it. I am with you there, my friend. I, I say this next statement in no way to appease Dylan. It's just me being honest. I slot the Miami football Dolphins in there as the second best team on paper in this division, and I give them a little more than a punker, puncher's chance to have a, a, a say in this whole wild card thing. Well, I just spent uh, the last weekend – uh, down in Dallas with the offensive line masterminds camp. And it was really, it's really good. It's, uh, you know, a bunch of collection of a uh, hall of fame player, Steve Hutchinson, Willie Rofe, wow. uh, a bunch of NFL players in Teron Armstead, Lane Johnson, some elite players at their positions. A lot of young guys, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith from Kansas city, a lot of college kids. Anyways, there's, there's 250 people in this room talking offensive line play and Teron Armstead just, he's a natural teacher, Jason, um, mm-hmm of the game. And he just pulled me aside. He goes, Baldy, he goes, you know, I know you study your stuff, but he goes, we're going to be really good in Miami. Like we're, we're, we have a collection of players that have really come together this off season. I think we've got the right coach, the right system. And he thinks they're going to be really good. Now, I don't know what that means. Is that 10 wins, 11 wins playoff team? It's been a while, but I believe they're a playoff team. I, you know, I know we'll eventually get to the AFC West and, what a juggernaut that looks yeah. to be. But I believe they're a playoff team. I, I saw them in, out in the OTAs this year, and I saw the ball flying all over the place. I know everybody is just going to talk about Tua, Tua, Tua. Um, and it's true. Like, he's got to deliver. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to, you know, be p- pinpoint uh, with his throws and throws in, you know, in the fourth quarter and to win games. He's got to do that. But I think he's got everything around him to be able to do that. And so we're, we're going to find out an awful lot about him. And, uh, and with that, you know, the whole direction of this team. But I think Mike McDaniel is going to be a big part of the success of this offense. Did they look fast at OTAs? Because it, they certainly seem to have put a premium on speed when you're talking about a Tyree Kill, when you're talking about a Raheem Mostert. I mean, you're, you're talking about dudes who go zero to 60 in ways that most human beings can't. And then you look at the core that that, that they retain, you know, what they did in the draft in the past. And keeping Gasecki around, it it looks pretty damn good to me. It looked like a track team out there, Jason. Good. It should. It was a blur. I mean, you know, because you can throw these five-yard passes, Jalen Waddle into Tyreek Hill, and we've seen what they can do. Yep. I mean, they can take it to the house. And so now you've got speed on both sides. I, you know, I, I'm a big Mike Gasecki fan. He's a Jersey kid. Mm-hmm. He's he, he, he was a world-class volleyball player, just an elite athlete. 40-plus inch vertical leap. Like, I just think this guy has, has just scratched the surface of what he's capable of doing. Um, and then you speed in the backfield that they have now that they haven't had. Um, you know, I think the offensive line is with Armstead, Connor Williams going to center. Uh, Liam Eichenberger is going to left guard. Like Robert Hunt, I think, is where he belongs at right guard. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this group is, is really going to be taught well in a zone scheme. Um, you know, they're, it, it, every single drill you do is geared towards the run game. 
you know, your individual drills, you know, your steps, your angles, like it's just, you know, it's, it, it is a precision offense. And when it works, it's a symphony. It's just difficult to stop. We've seen it in San Francisco. Yep. We've seen it in, you know, we've seen a lot of places. And that's what this is going to be. And, and Mike will put his spin on it because he's a very, very bright guy yeah. and he sees things other guys don't. And so I, you know, we haven't even gotten to the defense, but I think offensively, we're, we're going to see a top 15 offense, which is a big jump. Yeah. You know, and maybe, maybe by the end of the season, they're top 10, but I, they're going to get in the top half offensively in this league this year. Well, I, I look at them a little bit like, and this might sound crazy to some people, and I don't think they're going to go 14 and two. And I don't think two is going to win an MVP, but the 2019 Ravens were, you knew they were running the ball between the twenties on you and they eviscerated you. And then they had a highly efficient red zone offense where, you know, that's where Lamar's touchdowns came. That's where the TD to interception ratio came from. That's where all the efficiency came from. I kind of look at this a little bit like that. Not that they're going to be playing option ball all the time, but that outside zone scheme. And if most are healthy, forget about it. Like, am I crazy to kind of look at it that way and say, if you really want to pin down on Tua, be, become a more efficient red zone quarterback because that run game might be able to carry you there? Well, it's going to carry him. I mean, it's going to be the foundation of what they do. And every team is going to have to figure out, you know, what to try to take away. And it's difficult. We've seen that in the playoff games against Green Bay, Minnesota, over the years in San Francisco, where they just – they didn't have any idea how to stop it. Yeah. We've seen it with the Rams on on some Sundays where they they had no idea how to stop it. Um, and so you can scheme against it, but it is it's tricky. And so it, it look the quarterback benefits from it. He's going to get a lot of easy looks, quick looks, yep. uh, open looks. But at the end of the day, you still have to make some big time throws on third and twelve. You know to win games. It just do in this business, and that's what Tua's challenge is this year. And, you know, it might be a five-yard shallow across to Tyreek Hill that goes 60 like he did in a yep. playoff win against Buffalo. Um, but it, it, it might be just more vertical shots than what they have done, which they have not been good at and they haven't done much of. And, you know, some of that, a large part of it to me, was the offensive line just simply wasn't yeah. good enough for yeah. two to hold the ball. But, you know, like all quarterbacks that are vertically challenged, whether it's Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, other guys that have had success in this league, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta win with your feet. You gotta be able yep. to throw it between the trees. And one thing I like about Tua is he's got exceptional footwork. Yep. His feet are in the ground. He sets his feet, he's got good quick feet. Now can his eyes see it the way he has to see it, and can his arm get the ball accurately to these guys in places where they're gonna be? And so we're all gonna be watching. It's gonna be fascinating, but I I think Tua has a big jump in him, and I think this is the offense for him to do it in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Touched on the defense. It was otherworldly in the second half of last season, really from that Thursday night game where they obliterated the Ravens and Lamar Jackson with the blitz yep. all the way through the way they activated their defensive backs uh, in, in, in the pass rush. They were smothering people. They, they obviously made a head coaching change. That coach was intimately involved in the defense. Do you think, but they kept a lot of the staff. Do mm-hmm. you think they pick up where they left off Baldy or is there a hiccup? No, I think it's uh you know, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a great group. It really is. Uh, you know, they brought back uh, Agba, uh, many Agba, you know, to, to rush off the edge. I think they're solid, really stacked inside with Roquan Davis and Christian Wilkins. I think they're really good players. Um, but this, the strength of this defense is the secondary. I mean, when you can lock up the way Xavier Howard and Brandon Jones can, um, um, and Byron Jones can, and then you get the, the, the elite free safety play of Javon Holland, and then the scheme that goes with it, where like the Ravens couldn't, they just couldn't figure it out. You know, they couldn't convert on third down. Like teams are going to see it. And I've talked to Nick Needham and different guys in that secondary. And it's not just the same blueprint every week. They, they tweak it. They change it up. Like you've got to have a plan for it. And I've heard teams say, we got a plan. And then, you know, the quarterback is still getting hit, you know, uh, with a free runner coming at him. And so they can beat you with press man coverage where they really make you hold the ball and hitch as a quarterback uh, because they just can lock you up. And then they can they can back off, play zone. They, they have a lot of different ways to beat you, which you have to be able to do. And it's a challenge for Mac Jones and, you know, uh, Zach Wilson and these guys that are going to have to face it. It's just a, it's a big challenge. And so I think you're going to see a lot of that scheme, but I think you'll see like a, you know, real good change-ups too because I mm-hmm. think they can – they can back off and play in a four-man front, three-man front. I mean, you can do a lot of different things to you. And so they have the flexibility that you need in this business right now to change up when you have to. So we are clearly simpatico that the arrow is pointed up for the Miami Dolphins. I don't want to speak for you, brother, but I have serious concerns about the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not sure they're a winning football team. I'm not sure they're just a one game under 500 football team. I find myself not loving them in the trenches. I find myself trying to talk myself into who, who and where the blue chip players are. And if you think health uh, and, and I'm sorry, uh, like the Calvary's coming from within, I look at their recent drafts and I I mean, even this and kill Harry thing, you're giving him away for nothing. I find it difficult to be bullish on the Patriots right now. I am. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, the core group that was, you know, a part of so many, you know, division championships and Super Bowls. I mean, they're not there. And so uh, I don't know that Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Ugh. Like, I don't know that that group and, you you know, you can add in, you know, what the, their draft picks this year, whether it's Tyquan Thornton, whatever. I think – and I like Mac Jones. I think he's a mm-hmm. a good quarterback. He doesn't look like an elite player to me. No. Where you would need Tom Brady at the very best right now to get the most out of this group. Um, they look pedestrian to me. Uh, I don't like. I don't love the offensive line. Uh-uh. I think they're just guys up front. But I don't see a great group. 
Um, Dante Scarnecchia isn't there. Uh, I don't know that they ever had a great offense line without Dante coaching them. And then you could look at the secondary and go, okay, you know, Jalen Mills is starting. Like, you're not, you're not, that's not Stephon Gilmore out there. That's not just lock up, you know, with JC Jackson and Stephon Gilmore yep. and, you know, and then do all the, 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 the magical things defensively that Bill Belichick could do. They had to back off and play a lot more zone last year. They just didn't have those kind of horses. And you could bring Malcolm Butler back, but Malcolm Butler was not a good player in Tennessee no. when he left. So I'm with you. I, I just don't see – I, I like some players on the, on the team. Um, I just don't see enough juice to match the firepower that a lot of these other teams have right now. Well, I just don't know that there's anything special about them, right? Like, I, I don't look at any position group and say, yeah. whoa. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, uh, And it comes back to the draft, like you said. I mean, Nikhil Harry was a flat-out bust. Um, you know, they don't, they don't spend a lot of first-round picks on wide receivers. That was a bust. We'll see what, you know, Ty, Ty, Tyquan Thornton can do out of Baylor, who's a second-round pick. But they haven't drafted well. They, you know, they've got to go to the free agency to find Matt Judon. You know, um, to find their corners right now, and Butler and Jalen Mills. Now they they have had great success training free agent corners. There's yes, no doubt about it. Yes. So I don't know that Miles Bryant can be that guy, or you know, I mean, I could go through the list of you know different guys that are there uh, and see can they can they become. I I just remember when Mal- Malcolm Butler came out of, I, I think he came out of like West Texas State or something. <laughs> And I just remember being in New England that training camp, and everybody was talking about Malcolm Butler. What just watch, watch the corner ball, and and sure enough, he he became an elite player. Yeah. But I don't know if one of those guys is on the roster right now that J.C. Jackson, you know, five years later can be an eighty million dollar player. I I don't know that that's going to happen again right now. No, I'm I'm with you. Ten and seven last year. Dylan has the Vegas over under here at eight and a half wins. Seven and ten don't seem crazy to me. Well, it's a, the division has gotten a lot better around them, and so you know, for a team that just completely owned that division for two decades, they don't they don't look like they're in that that kind of position right now. We finish with the Jets, and and I don't know how close they will be to New England. I mean, I, I still lean to New England ahead of them. Because it is still Bill Bleep and Belichick. Yeah. Um, the Jets have been universally heralded for their draft, and they've gotten their flowers and their roses for looking like a team that's headed in the right direction. I still think they have a ways to go. I still have questions about the quarterback and, and what exactly he becomes. Um, where are you on the Jets, Baldy? Well, I mean, the arrow's going up. The talent that Joe Douglas is accumulating is legit. Like, I, I believe that the strength of this whole team, well, they could have two strengths, but I'll get to the what I think is a, a lock to be a strength is the defensive front. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're going to have some, you know, crazy horses coming off and screaming at you right now. Like, they, they this should be a very, very good defensive front. Uh, they've got talent, whether it's Carl Lawson, whether it's the draft pick, um, Jermaine Johnson, who yeah, looked yeah. Uh, apparently looked awesome uh, throughout the offseason and what they thought he was going to be. We'll, we'll see. But they're they're eight deep up front. 
Um, and I think that's going to be a real strength. I think if Makai Becton is in shape, mm-hmm. I saw him last week. He doesn't look like he's in great shape to me. Oh, he didn't practice in the, in the offseason because he's got something wrong with his knee. And I'm not here to doubt any players, but this thing has been lingering since last year. So he's got to get on the field. If they don't, if he can't play at or near the level he did his rookie year, like I don't think this is going to be a great group because what they thought they were going to have is just the Bash brothers on the left side with Ali Tucker and Makai Becton and Lincoln yeah. Tomlinson and Font. Like they, they, they thought they were going to have an elite group, but it's not elite if Makai can't go or isn't very good. And that's a possibility right now. We got to, I got to wait and see. I, I'm holding my breath. I think the whole organization is holding their breath because if that kind of falls apart, I, I think the development and what they've done at the running back, receiver, tight end positions, which is upgrades everywhere. I don't know that Zach Wilson is going to limit his mistakes yeah. and just be this elite quarterback that can just distribute the ball. We we see the beautiful arm, but so what? Like you know, he's he's got to make better decisions. Um, he's got to stay healthy, like all these things. And if the if the line is leaky, I think his development really gets slowed down. Yeah, I mean the whole Beckton thing will be will be fascinating. I mean, you you think of that kid at his best, and and he looked like a fixture there at left tackle for a long, long time. And for them to have to reshuffle and reconfigure, and still hope a little bit about his availability and productivity. Um, it is unfortunate, but yeah, I think you said it best. The the arrow is up on these guys. Um, I don't think they're a three or four win team anymore. I guess the question becomes, uh, you know, how close to eight or nine wins do they get? And I, I don't think they're there yet. Well, I mean, if you said okay, so I mean, we, you know, we're at that time of year, Jason. We're we're creating content, you know, for shows and whatnot. Yes, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, we're, you know, who's the Cincinnati Bengals? This year, now, you know, the sexy picks, you know, a team that could come out of the, you know, and out of the dark is the New York Jets. But the one thing Cincinnati had going into year two was you knew Joe Burrow was the guy. Flat like, out winner. It, flat out, like even his rookie year, and, and yes, he did tear his ACL and he, and he missed a, a portion of the season. But you saw that special thing and that fire in that kid. Like you knew that he was – coming off a national championship team that like he knew how to lead and he knew how to throw a football yep. and put it on the money consistently. And like you, you, you can't say that about Zach Wilson right now. You just can't. Yeah. And you'd be foolish to say that now can, I do think that like any team, Jason, any team, every year is a new year. You know, you start with the huddle and you, you know, start with square one. The, the, the teams all do that for the most part. Um, but at some point, every team, if they're going to be a good team, it's going to come together at some point. It doesn't have to necessarily happen in September. But at some point, it's going to come together. The Chiefs were really struggling early in the year last year. Turnovers didn't look like they were an elite team, and then they finished, you know, and, uh, you know, got all the way to the championship game. So at some point, like Cincinnati, like you saw what they did to Baltimore like yes. week seven last year. They eviscerated Baltimore in the second half. And all of a sudden, you knew on that ride back to Cincinnati from Baltimore that day, that whole team felt like, we're you know, we just knocked off, right. you know, the Baltimore Ravens put up 41 points on them. Like, we're, we're, we're here to win. Like, it just kicked in. Now, the Jets, 
they need like they beat Tennessee last year and they beat Cincinnati. They had some some elite wins. They never followed it up with anything. So you know, like I'd like to see I want to see this team in September beat a good team and see if they can, you know, then back that up the following week. And if that happens early or even midseason, and they can start stacking wins, you could see a confidence of a young team grow very quickly. And that's that's a possibility. That can happen. And so it, whether it does or not, that's that's what I'm looking for from this team. Well, it's certainly going to be a more interesting, a more compelling division than it's been at n- numerous times in the past. The reign of the Patriots is over. Um, we'll see if the Bills can complete their journey and make that final step and, and reach. And I'm sure, obviously, everybody in Western New York hopes win a Super Bowl. We'll see if the Dolphins can be uh, a playoff caliber team. And we'll see if Bill Belichick can coach the the heck out of that roster because neither one of us are all that impressed with the roster that he's put together. That has been our July 13th look at the AFC East. Happy Baldy Day out there to everyone who celebrates it. Um, you can find Baldy, as always, out there on Twitter doing his amazing breakdowns at Baldy NFL. Uh, you can find me at Jason Lock and Fora on Twitter. You can always find us here uh, on the Baldy's Breakdowns podcast, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. We will get back with you guys soon, breaking down the NFC East. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.